0: Good afternoon. I'm Paige Browning with the KUOW Newsroom in Seattle with today's wrap on the top stories in our region. It's Wednesday, November 29th. Wolverines are getting federal protection after decades in peril. Today, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service declared the wolverines as a threatened species under the Endangered Species Act. There are only about 25 of the small brown scavengers left in Washington state, even though the Cascade Mountains are one of its primary homes. Here's its snarl, captured by the U.S. Forest Service. Conservation groups have advocated for nearly three decades for this listing. The federal government will now locate habitat that needs to be protected for them. Wolverines rely on snowy habitat, which is diminishing as the climate changes. The USPS is sure this time... All the ballots in Washington state have been counted. They're reassuring state election officials this week after postal workers found 139 ballots sitting in out-of-service collection boxes in four counties that were not picked up in time for Election Day. Those ballots were all turned over to election officials to be counted. USPS says it finished inspections last week and visited all of its out-of-service collection boxes to make sure no more ballots had been missed. In a letter sent earlier this month to postal officials, Secretary of State Steve Hobbs called the mix-up an unacceptable, potentially disenfranchising mistake and demanded urgent action to fix it. From the LGBTQ corner today... A team from Washington State University is going to conduct the first-ever survey of LGBTQ plus Washingtonians. Just to reiterate, this has never been done. Assistant WSU professor Tracy Gillig says the goal is to get a more detailed picture of the community to eventually lead to better informed policies. We're looking to get more information about people's experiences, specifically related to health and safety their experiences with any hate crimes, economic disparities. I know our LGBTQ listeners will be eager to hear results, but that will take a while. Gillig hopes to launch the project early next year and have results by mid-2025. It's funded by half a million dollars in state money. Some garden store dramas swirling in downtown Woodinville, where the future of Molbeck's Garden Center is up in the air. Joshua McNichols has the story. The sixty-seven-year-old business had been expecting to move into a planned development across the street, part of Woodenville's rapid urbanization as it adds more housing. But Mulbeck's CEO Julie Kohia says she was shocked to learn her business is being forced out of the project. We were astounded, we were heartbroken, and we're trying to really understand the why behind the what because we would love to. I mean, this, this is something that we've worked on and we've worked on with our partner, Green Partners, for 15 years to create this vision. It's, an, it's a fantastic vision. One of the project's original backers is Cascade Investment. A spokesperson there blamed the owner of Molbax for upending the discussions. At this time, it's unclear how much of this disagreement is fallout from an economic slowdown and how much is personal. Joshua McNichols, KUOW News. The highest tides of the year are hitting the Washington coast this week, and the Quinault Indian Nation is watching closely. It's been working to relocate its waterfront village on the Olympic Peninsula. Last year, the village of Tahola had to evacuate from high tide flooding. Tribal Council Member Ryan Hendricks says the top of the seawall that protects Tahola from the surf is now littered with logs tossed there by the ocean. And a lot of these logs are getting shoved over the seawall by the waves and the high tides, and they're they're landing in tribal members' backyards, and it's uh, it's a little bit scary. Hendricks says one part of the work is complete, building streets for a new location out of reach of rising sea levels. The first Quinault elders could move upland within the next two years, but the Indian nation needs more funding to build 59 homes. The tribe was turned down for three federal grants last year and is applying again. The start of winter is still three weeks away, and we just got word on what this winter weather will feel like. First thing to know, we're in an El Nino weather cycle. That means it'll likely be drier and warmer in the Northwest. For Washington State's Deputy Climatologist Karen Bombacco, that raises red flags. I'm constantly thinking about drought in my role as a climatologist in Washington. We help the state monitor for drought conditions. Snowpack is so important for our water supply later in the spring and summer. This past summer, 12 counties had a drought emergency. Three-quarters of the state is still abnormally dry. And for my weather nerds out there, which believe me, I'm one of... The El Nino phenomenon is caused by warmer-than-average sea surface temperatures in the central and eastern Pacific Ocean near the equator. Events occur every two to seven years and last up to 12 months. Seattle-based rovers being acquired by a private equity firm... Blackstone will acquire the Pet Care app in an all-cash deal valued at more than $2 billion. The deal is expected to finalize in 2024, at which point Rover will no longer be a publicly traded company. A row of new cherry blossom trees is greeting visitors to Pike Street in downtown Seattle. The city had eight new cherry trees planted this month at the site where the same number of blossoms were removed this year. Amtrak says it is adding two more daily trips between Seattle and Portland. That'll give riders seven options for round-trip times on this busy route. It starts December 11th. And I have a couple of special thank-yous to give today. I know a lot of you are peeping your Spotify Wrapped or Apple Rewind list today. If we made your list, that means a whole lot to us. Thank you for making us a source of news that you trust. And remember, we are always accepting notes. If you want to hear something, like something we did, or just want to say hi, that email is newsroom at KUOW.org. And another thanks for those who gave to KUOW during Giving Tuesday. Listener donations are how we're able to make this show. And that's a wrap from the KUOW Newsroom in Seattle. Our producer is Andy Hurst, and I'm Paige Browning. We'll be back tomorrow with another News Roundup. See ya.